Namaste everyone. Welcome back to the session on the Yoga Sutra of Maharishi Patanjali. Let us begin with an invocation. Yogena Chittasya Padena Vajam Malam Sharirasya Chavaidya Kena Yopakarotamam Pravaram Muninam Patanjalim Pranjaliranat Osmi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om Very happy to meet you all again. We pay our obeisance to Maharishi Patanjali, who has given us this wonderful system of yoga to clear away all the impurities of the mind so that one can experience the state of samadhi and eventually break oneself from the cycle of births and deaths, attaining kaivalya, which is the highest goal of yoga or the Dashana Shastra called yoga. In the initial sessions, we were looking at the various Darshana Shastras, Sankhya Yoga, Vaisheshika, Nyaya, Mimamsa and Vedanta. And we looked at how the goal of each one of them is of course transcending the limitations and barriers of the body and mind and going beyond it to attain and break the cycle of birth and death. One system could call it moksha, mukti or kaivalya. And the twin aspects of prakriti and purusha are common to yoga and sankhya. Sankhya talks about the various tattvas and it is also called shashti tantra where 60 topics are listed. And the philosophical aspects are utilized from sankhya in yoga as well. However, yoga also emphasizes on the Ishvara, who is beyond the gunas, who is the guru of all the gurus, a very, very ancient principle or being, who has transcended this raga and dvesha, who is an embodiment or who is an essence of vairagya, and who is resonated with the sound of pranava mantra om. So, the yoga, yogic aspects talks about the Ishwara. In today's session, we will be looking at Samadhi as it is defined in the Yoga Sutras. Before that, let us chant the Sutras that we have learnt. Let us chant the Sutras. Atha Yoga Nushasanam Yoga Shchit Tavritti nirodaha Tadadrashtu swarupe vasthanam Vritti sarupya mitaratra Vrittaya panchataya klishta klishtaha Pramana viparya vikalpanidras pritayaha 
प्रत्यक्षानुमानागमाप्रमाणानीपर्यो मिथ्यानमतूप प्रतिष्ठम शब्दज्ञानुपाती वस्तुशून्यो विकल्प अभाव प्रत्ययालंबनावृत्तिर्निद्रुभूत विषया संप्रमोश स्मृति अभ्यास वैराग्याभ्याध तत्रोभ्यास सीर्घ काल so we had looked at yoga as the state of samadhi and when the drashta is in the yogic state then one is in one's own true nature but at all other times one is immersed in the vrittis the vrittis are twofold in terms of painful and not painful whichever form these negative samskaras or create these impressions which continue the cycle of birth and death those are called klishta vrittis those that liberate us those are those that accelerate our path or, or our journey those that are satvik are the akrishta vrittis the vrittis are five in number pramana viparyaya vikalpa nidra and smriti pramana are the sources of knowledge the right sources of knowledge viparyaya is incorrect knowledge and uh, vikalpa is imagination where there is no object in reality but the chitta there is a, just a sound or a word corresponding to that and when there is cognition of nothingness that is happening it is sleep because there is no object of cognition over there we are in deep sleep but however it is still a vritti because we get up and say i had a wonderful sleep and not allowing whatever we experience to escape the chitta but form impressions that is called smriti which is memory and we saw how short term memory and long term memory work when as soon as we draw things from the uh, through the senses we have the sensory memory then it goes to the short term memory and when we keep on repeating things by paying attention then it goes to the long term memory and in the indian tradition the memory when it becomes very deep when it becomes latent and potent it is called samskara and these samskaras not just last for a lifetime but are transferred from one lifetime to another and available to be expended in any of the lifetimes for example suppose you give money to somebody uh, uh, for example um, uh, what you can say a set of cash notes and you ask them for 500 rupees from that notes there is no guarantee that a particular number will come to you they can just pick up any of the numbers and give it to you 
So similarly, from the entire body of the karma, or which is called karma shaya, anything could be drawn, any samskara could play out in this particular lifetime when the right environment arises for that. Right? So that is how the samskara and smriti work. Samskaras create vrittis, vrittis create more samskaras and the cycle keeps on going. How can this, these vrittis be stopped? By two aspects. One is abhyasa and vairagya. Whatever effort we take towards quietening the mind, that is called abhyasa. And when do we attain mastery over that practice? When we take it up for a long period of time, without a break, and with a lot of involvement and devotion, then we become established in that particular practice. Satu dirgha kala nairantarya satkara sevito dridhabhumihi. We attain stability in that practice. And what is vairagya? Whenever, when we are not enamored by all the benefits that are available in the shastras, either in this particular world or elsewhere, then we attain to vairagya. It is a process of detachment from the worldly pressures and of course other worldly pleasures as well. And we saw the story of Muggala Maharishi and also Jada Bharata in this particular context. Yeah, I hope my screen is visible. So, Drishtanushravika Vishayavitrishnasya Vashikara Sanya Vairagyam. The next sutra is Tatparam Purushakhyater Gunavai Trishnyam. Tatparam Purushakhyater Gunavai Trishnyam. Vaitrishnyam is indifference. Tatparam, that higher. Vairagya. So we have looked at one Vairagya, which is detachment from the material senses. The other Vairagya, other than that, there is one more Vairagya, which is indifference to the Gunas. The Gunas are Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. When we understand that this entire creation is nothing but a play of the Gunas, then we are no more interested in engaging with them. Then we attain to what is called Paravairagya, where the darshana of the Purusha or the realization of the Purusha happens. So there are two levels of Vairagya. One is detachment from worldly objects and the higher Vairagya, that is an indifference to the Gunas. Once the taste of the self or the Purusha is had, the Prakritic manifestations become meaningless. Nanyam gunebhyaha kartaram yada drishtanu pasyati gunebhyascha param veti madbhavam sodhi gachati. This is there in the Bhagavad Gita. And it says that when we see that there is no karta other than the gunas, this comes in the Gunatraya Vibhaga, 14th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. When we see that there is no karta other than the gunas, then we transcend the gunas, we understand Bhagavan Shri Krishna as the gunatita and we attain to his state. That is what is beautifully mentioned. Why, is, why does this happen? With realization of anything for that matter, for example, suppose you are a scientist trying to explore many things. You go into the details of 
whatever you want to study you dissect it dissect it dissect it and then once you understand the foundational principle there you there is an aha moment over there and then you are liberated from that exploration because you now you have understood that it is nothing but a fundamental coming together of atoms or subatomic particles or whatever it is through your research through your exploration and after that there is an aha moment where you are liberated from this process of going into this into this into this dissecting that then you understand that all of creation is nothing but whatever if a scientist could probably look at it as energy or matter or particles or whatever it is right in modern sciences that is what happens nobel laureates great nobel laureates who do a lot of deep research they come to this realization at the end of the day so similarly what happens is that when we understand that this whole thing is nothing but a leela or a play of the gunas sattva rajas and tamas then there is an aha moment and then we this entire exploration or seeing things in a differentiated manner stops and then we transcend these gunas nanyam gunebhya kartarapto we understand that nothing but the gunas are only playing in this particular reality so what are these gunas the gunas are three in number sattva rajas and tamas we will see the sankhya model <coughs> little later sattva is the principle of subtleness or light and illumination so it is it is anything that is very subtle anything that is not tangible that way not gross that way illumined and uh, one can say it is bright that is sattva or satvik anything that is agitated unstable you know dynamic and moving that is called rajas and anything that is very stable unmoving and look requires a lot of effort to move and in the state of inertia that is called tamas tamas is also in a way darkness blinding and clouding of things so in the chapter 17 and 18 of the bhagavad gita shraddha treya vibhaga and the chapter 18 bhagwan shri krishna which i have already discussed in many sessions it is also available in some of our blog posts as well the details of the various gunas how they play out in different aspects of our life is mentioned satvik food rajasik food tamasik food guna blaze classification of knowledge classification of yajna classification of um, dana of tapas all this is mentioned in the bhagavad gita and the ways of transcending these gunas and becoming a gunatita is also mentioned what is the quality of a gunatita that is also mentioned in the 14th chapter of the bhagavad gita verses 22 to 25 shri bhagavan uvacha prakasham cha pravrittim cha mohameva cha pandava nadveshti sampravrittani nanavrittani kaankshati udasina vadasino gunairyona vichalyate guna vartanta ityevam yovatishtati neengati समदुखस्सुखस्वस्थ समलोष्टाश्मचन तोल्यप्रियाधीर तोल्यनिंदात्मस्तुति मनापमस्तु्यस्तु्यो मित्रारिपक्ष 
ಸರ್ವಾರಂಭಪರಿತ್ಯಾಗಿ ಗುಣಾತೀತ ಸ ಉಚ್ಯತೆ ಓ ಅರ್ಜುನ ದಿ ಪರ್ಸನ್ಸ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸೆಂಡೆಂಟ್ ಟು ತ್ರೀ ಸ್ತ್ರೀ ಗುಣ ಸ್ನೇಹಿತರ್ ಹೇಟ್ ಸತ್ವ ನಾರ್ ರಜಸ್ ನಾರ್ ತಮಸ್ when even though they may be abundantly present for them it does not come into their active consciousness because they just remain neutral they are not attracted to it they are not repelled from it knowing it is only the gunas that that they stay established in the self in the atman without wavering and those who view happiness and sorrow alike who are established in the atman who look at a lump of clay a stone a piece of gold of the same value who are calm amidst pleasant and unpleasant events even if somebody does ninda of them or stuti of them they remain in equanimous attitude who remain same in honor and dishonor mana apamana who treat both a friend and foe alike ripu and mitra alike and who have abandoned all these enterprises there is no you know rajasic action that is going on then they have been and they are said to have gone beyond the three gunas very rare to find such gunatitas in our midst because we always engage with rajasic activities in our life we are so restless we cannot sit in one place for some time we try to you know try to focus our attention on something immediately there are 100 thoughts that come that distract us and uh, very difficult to also sit and meditate by keeping aside all the other priorities because we always want to keep on doing something something very very goal oriented we always seek purpose behind everything that we do what is in it for me that is the question that we always ask how is it going to benefit me how is it relevant for me so what happens is that we always map this karma and karma phala very very strongly we always want to know if i do this particular action what will be the outcome so we we were looking at how goal oriented our whole life has become such that we are not aware that all this is just the play of the gunas we know that all these are mental processes we know that these are psychological manifestations or we understand that these are bodily urges and desires but we are not able to go back and trace it to these foundational principles or foundational building blocks of the gunas so the one who is able to go to that foundational principle and say that this is where everything is emerging from that person has an opportunity to transcend the gunas and become a gunatita to such a person the extreme or the ranges or the opposites or the polar opposites do not affect them much they are completely established in the atman and hence whatever you present to them even if it's if it's a clay or if it's a gold loshta ashma and kanchana whatever you present to them priya and apriya pleasant and unpleasant ninda stuti if you do ninda of them they are completely fine if you do stuti of them okay mana apamana honor and dishonor they value it alike they are completely equanimous in their attitude and approach to the whole thing and they they are not even in the sense so what happens is that even if the, the thought about the gunas don't affect them because they have gone beyond the gunas this is what the chapter 14 the bhagavad gita talks about so coming back to the sutra 
So when the mind is overpowered by rajas and tamas, then there is a lot of disturbance and clouding. As I told you, tamas is also darkness. It also clouds the intellect. It clouds the mind. It also creates a lot of kleshas or impurities of the mind. But once this has been removed, then sattva tends to dominate the chitta. And this sattva leads to sustained happiness and bliss for a very, very long time in a, in a very natural way. So at that time, what happens is that there is, then we get the ability to discriminate that this is the guna and we need to go into the purusha. We need to have an experience of the purusha or purushakhyati needs to happen. So this natural discriminative knowledge or vivekakhyati, as they say, of the difference between the purusha and the gunas referred to in the sutra is the highest and ultimate function of the sattvic chitta. Whatever the highest function it can, that is why it is called paravairagya, tatparam purushakhyatir gunamai trishnim. There is an ordinary vairagya, there is a paravairagya. And uh, all other types of knowledge has just faded away. Eventually, a yogi realizes that this knowledge is that of prakriti and hence must be transcended. So first, the discrimination arises that the gunas are different from the purusha. The atman is different from the gunas. The atman is different from the body, the mind, the bhutas, the gunas. And hence that has to be experienced. And once this, this urge comes, once this interest or desire comes, then one realizes that everything is just the play of the prakriti and one transcends that. So once the realization of purusha happens, the highest form of dissociation, which is called paravairagya, happens even from these fundamental gunas. There is no need for the purusha to utilize the gunas. So at this point in time, it is useful to understand the Sankhya model. Right, which we have looked at in previous sessions, but nevertheless, we can look at it again. Okay. Before that, we will cover this. This is what Vyasa Maharishi says as the Bhashya of this particular sutra. He says that when the light of spiritual knowledge shines, which is that Viveka Khyati or Purusha Khyati, the yogi, what happens is that a realization dawns upon the yogi. That whatever has to be gained has been gained. Praptam prapaniyam. That tripti comes, that fulfillment comes, that santushta comes, that whatever I need to gain, even in terms of the yogic experience, that I have attained. There is no further desire that is created in the yogi's chitta. And because of this darshana of the purusha or purusha khyati or realization of the purusha, the yogi also realizes that whatever kleshas have to be removed have also been removed. Kshinaha kshetavyaha kleshaha. Whatever kleshas are there, kshina, they, they have been destroyed, they have been nullified, thinned down, removed. And all the impurities of the mind have just faded away and the pure purusha is now visible, can be realized. And Yasa Mahishi also says that that fast jointed thing, fast in the sense that strong chain of birth and death, that also has been broken. That is what the yogi realizes. 
that one need not be born again in order to go through this experience because whatever knowledge has to be gained has been gained this uh, this can happen in a mini way in our own lives right by the time we are uh, 40 or so people call it midlife crisis usually it used to come at 50 now it is coming at 40 maybe it will soon come at 30 or 20 for that matter at that time we feel that we have had all the experiences of life i have had the best cuisines possible i have lived in the best cities possible i have toured the world my children are now grown up and uh, whatever it is you know i have a stable uh, i have a job profile that is sort of stagnating i don't know what to do further from here right i'm not getting a promotion i don't have any interest to go to new job sometimes i will start also feeling like a dinosaur like irrelevant to those times when we are about 50s and 60s we start feeling like a dinosaur where we see that nobody is interested in our opinion and our presence doesn't matter so much the youngsters have taken over it's a good thing for the society but that is what we go through mentally when we get become old at that time there is this there is a huge possibility to also attain this paravairagya if only we had the blessing we would attain to this paravairagya because there is a great sense of fulfillment that whatever has to be tasted has been tasted there is nothing more i have experienced life all my raga dvesha has subsided whatever opinions i had about people that also i am i am satisfied with now is the best time to get the realization of the purusha that blessing is there definitely it's a huge possibility and desirelessness the perfection of spiritual knowledge that is what the yogi realizes and kaivalya is nothing but that state of highest desirelessness so it is what maharishi patmavyasa talks about this particular sutra paravairagya <coughs> so this is the sankhya darshana because we talked about the gunas i thought it will be useful to understand where these gunas come to play in the sankhya's model of creation yoga and sankhya both subscribe to this model whereas if you look at vedanta it would talk about the pancha mahabhutas <coughs> the brahman and then the pancha mahabhutas in their or the tanmatras in their rarest form then the bhutas then they go through the panchikarna process and then this whole thing is created that is how vedanta looks at it the sankhya looks at the twin principles of purusha and prakriti this uh, for many of us uh, this sometimes this becomes a very relatable model okay so the purusha and prakriti is there but prakriti is the unmanifest principle unmanifest principle or unmanifest material which when coming in contact with the purusha there is some kind of what you can say energy that transpires and the whole process of creation is set in motion so initially there is this vast intelligence that is there which is required for this creation to happen which is the mahat or the buddhi <coughs> when we say buddhi it is not that individual buddhi but the larger consciousness or the larger universal intellect which helps in the creation process 
and this universal principle then gets into ahamkara which is the larger what you can say identity principle right we need to have an identity before this creation process happens that iness needs to be there this ahamkara is eventually embodied in each of the uh, you know what you can say individuals right and uh, there is the sattva and tamas so when the sattvic principle interacts then you have the various karmendriya jnanendriya and manas when the tamasic principle interacts it is the tanmatras and eventually the panchabhutas are created the panchabhutas are uh, akasha vayu jala uh, sorry uh, agni jala and prithvi the karmendriyas include the speech uh, the uh, you know principle of movement grasping reproduction and excretion and uh, the jnanendriya include the five senses visual senses olfactory senses auditory senses gustatory senses and tactile senses because they are very subtle they are they are coming from the sattvic aspect a very similar thing is also mentioned in the tattva bodha uh, in terms of the sattvic and tamasic aspects and that interacting energy is that rajasic principle right and from the tanmatra which is the foundational aspect foundational building block tanmatra tatmatra only that is there only that fundamental thing is there from that arises the various bhutas and from the bhutas the various creations arise so what happens in the process of kaivalya what happens uh, in the yogic process is that uh, as one uh, you know undergoes deep tapasya and all that one realizes that one is uh, that everything is but the play of the uh, gunas but also what happens is that the entire creation as such folds into the mula prakriti the the for example the bhutas fold into the tanmatras the tanmatras fold into the ahamkara ahamkara goes into the mahat 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 goes into the mula prakriti and that is how the dissolution process happens and the purusha is detached from the prakriti in a very mundane sense say for example you have a goal in mind you want to execute a particular project what you do is that you gather all the materials that are required for the project so the materials as such are inert just lying there but when they come in contact with you there is some energy that happens such that the materials are now becoming useful to you in order to create something and there is an intelligence that is applied to create a design of something which is initially there in the chitta and then it is transferred into the gross creation so you create so you probably make a chair out of it say for example you collect wood and make the chair out of it but once you make the chair what happens is that you are fulfilled through that process you are satisfied with it you don't want to tinker with it any more at that time the material you are detached from the material because you feel fulfilled so that is what happens in the process of kaivalya this kaivalya is a process of dissociation or isolation 
where the purusha feels no more the need for prakriti and its creation prakriti and hence the prakriti also stops manifesting along that direction but however what sankhya says is that because we are all individual purushas even though i might have attained to it that mula prakriti is still preserved by the other people who are yet to attain that state of kaivalya right so this creation keeps on happening because there is always somebody who is yet to attain the state of kaivalya so that is what sankhya talks about this uh, may not fit very well into the understanding current understanding of creation and all that or the uh, process of mukti and moksha that we normally understand but nevertheless it is useful to know i will also upload some material that uh, present the detailed view of this sankhya for now you can just understand that twin principles of purusha prakriti and because of the play of the gunas the entire creation so now that we have looked at vairagya and paravairagya maharishi patanjali talks about samadhi he says vitarka vicharananda smita rupanugamat sampragnyatah vitarka vichara ananda asmita rupa anugamat sampragnyatah vitarka vicharananda asmita rupa anugamat sampragnyatah so vitarka is the absorption with physical awareness vichara is subtle awareness ananda is bliss and asmita is the sense of ainess and all these accompany what is called the state of sampragnyata samadhi so there are different samadhis mentioned in the yoga sutra you have uh, nirbija samadhi sabija samadhi sampragnyata samadhi asampragnyata samadhi we will be looking at each one of them over a period of time probably in the next session we'll take each of these samadhis and then see what are the definitions given in the yoga sutra but in the samadhi pada maharishi patanjali talks about these two samadhis sampragnyata samadhi and asampragnyata samadhi so the sampragnyata samadhi is since it is called sampragnya means with pragnya there is still that consciousness awareness of the i that is present in sampragnyata samadhi when that i too vanishes when there is no object of awareness when that complete absorption happens that is called asampragnyata samadhi where there is no active awareness on a particular object the object is removed and only that pure awareness remains no nothing else is there to distract the purusha's awareness that is called asampragnyata samadhi we'll go detail more detail into this so vitarka samadhi there are nice explanation given by achaspati mishra and vignana bikshu and uh, many of the translation texts also say that there is dovyasa maharishi has mentioned these samadhis translators are unable to bring it out in a clear manner so probably one who goes through these yogic states it would be best to sort of talk to them interview them and understand this in a better manner from a first person in the modern context but uh, 
for now, we will have to live with the translations that we have. And uh, I will also share uh, you know, a video later on in the Google Classroom where the states of uh, you know, the experience of Samadhi has been explained. So what happens is uh, Vitarka Samadhi, there is still a contemplation on a particular object where you are in a state of Samadhi, complete absorption, but there is an object of meditation, there is an object of absorption. Some gross physical object is there, right? That is called, that is the Vitarka stage. It is the first level of experiencing an object in Samadhi. The second level of Samadhi, which is called Vichara, is actually going into the subtler aspects of that particular object and perceiving that it is consisting of nothing but the Tanmatras or foundational building blocks of this gross creation. So when you are focusing on a particular object, Vyasa Maharishi says, that uh, some of the translations also talk about, say, for example, you are focusing on a particular object and then you focus on its guna and karma of that particular dravya or that particular object in your awareness. You look at a bottle and then say, this is a blue color bottle, this is a big bottle, it, it, is, uh, it is cylindrical in shape and all that in your awareness, all this tarka is going on, okay? All this classification and categorization of that particular object is going on in your mind, you still see the attributes, various characteristics and attributes of that particular object. Then it is the Vitarka state. But still it is Samadhi because you are in unison with that particular object. There is nothing else distracting you. Right? Whereas whether it is, if it is a state of Kshipta, Mudha, Vikshipta, uh, then it means that you are distracted by many things that are going on in the environment. You are unable to focus on the object with a with a ekagrata or with the nirodha or with the samadhi parinama. That parinama has not happened because it is it is divergent in nature. But once this object shines forth in your chitta, but still the attributes, the various attributes of the objects are visible to you. That is called vitarka uh, samadhi. The second level of samadhi involves vichara, where that classification has all subsided, but there is still some inquiry into the foundational aspect of that particular object. And then you see that this object is nothing but made of the tanmatras or the foundational elements. Right? Then it means you have gone to the subtle principle of that particular object. Like a scientist, you have gone into, deeply absorbed in the object, but you see that, wow, this is actually made of the tanmatras and not the gross elements and manifestations. But when that structure too fades away, there is a deep sense of happiness and bliss that happens. In Ananda Samadhi, the mind transcends the previous stage and experiences bliss due to an increase of sattva. So there is an enhanced sattvic experience that happens where you are just having a happy feeling or a blissed feeling with respect to that particular object. Even those attributes have faded away. You are just in a state of the happiness. Right? So in that, it's there in the Bhagavad Gita. I think it is there in uh, chapter 6 of the Bhagavad Gita. Sukhamatyantikam yattad buddhigrahyam atindriyam 
ವೇತಿಯತ್ರನ ಚೈವಾಯಂ ಸ್ಥಿತಶ್ಚಲತಿ ತತ್ವತಃ ಸೊ ಇನ್ ದ ಜಾಯಸ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಯೋಗ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ಸಮಾಧಿ ಒನ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಸುಪ್ರೀಂ ಬೌಂಡ್ಲೆಸ್ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಬ್ಲಿಸ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಕಾಂಪ್ರಿಹೆಂಡೆಡ್ ಬೈ ದ ಬುದ್ಧಿ ಬಟ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿ ಸೆನ್ಸಸ್ ದಸ್ ಸಿಚುವೇಟೆಡ್ ಒನ್ ನೆವರ್ ಡೀವಿಯೇಟ್ಸ್ ಅಲ್ಲಿ ತತ್ವ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಶ್ರೀ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಸಚ್ ಅ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸ್ಟಿಲ್ ಕಾಂಪ್ರಿಹೆನ್ಸಿಬಲ್ ಬೈ ದ ಬುದ್ಧಿ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ದಟ್ ಐನಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದೇಟ್ ದಟ್ ವಿತರ್ಕ ಇಸ್ ದೇರ್ ವಿಚಾರ ಇಸ್ ದೇರ್ ದಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಸ್ಟಿಲ್ ನಾಟ್ ಗಾನ್ ಅಗೇ so it is still the state of samprajyata samadhi but one experiences great bliss ananda which is beyond the comprehension of the senses and one when one and one has experienced that one never deviates from the foundational tattva or the understanding of the governing principle of that the first principle one does not deviate veti yatrana chaivayam ಸ್ಥಿತಶ್ಚಲತಿಸ್ಟ್ರಾಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ and becomes very very foundational and essential in nature once transcends the instruments of knowledge and arrives at the core ainas principle right that is called asmita asmita is that core ainas principle that pure awareness of the i alone is there right i in the sense that particular still that identity is there that i am different from the other things around me but still that differentiation is there one has still not merged with everything but yet one is deeply absorbed in the state of samadhi there are no other extraneous thoughts that are going on these calculations and characterizations and classifications that happen with vitarka vichara all that have faded happiness even that happiness one cannot characterize it as happiness only the pure awareness of that i that is called asmita vitarka vichara ananda asmita the asmita described here is not the panchakleshas for example in the in the later sutras marishi patanjali talks about five kleshas he talks about uh, asmita uh, avidhya asmita raga dvesha and abhinivesha avidhya is ignorance asmita is the ahamkara raga and dvesha are you know likes and dislikes and abhinivi abhinivesha is the fear of death or holding on to something too much too tightly not letting it go easily so these are the five kleshas which are the impurities of the mind but what asmita has described here is not that particular impurity but rather that pure ainas that one experience the asmita in the context of samadhi occurs when the chitta contemplates the awareness of purusha by means of purusha's reflection in the pure mirror of satvik chitta the mind now experiences an iamness in the sense of the true subject of awareness the source of my awareness is purusha so one is yet to go into that merging state complete dissolution state but still one is aware of what this i is so that is called the state of sampragyata samadhi right um, i i understand that this can be quite complex to comprehend because we often talk about you know meditation 
dhyana dharana and all that those are all still comprehensible we would have experienced it at some point in time or the other the state of samadhi also we might have experienced glimpses of it when we are meditating and all that but then what happens uh, is that uh, very difficult to comprehend in terms of the terminologies and uh, the translation also do not seem to do full justice to what uh, these are actually referred to by maharishi patanjali but nevertheless uh, in whatever limited understanding we have it is still good because at least that helps us to uh, when one meditates one then has dirgha pranayama dirgha dhyana when one enters the state of samadhi at least one has a theoretical framework to decode that and one is then out of the state of samadhi right so that way it is still a useful theoretical framework the next sutra we'll cover this and stop the session for today viram pratyaya abhyasa purvaha samskara sheshonyah viram pratyaya abhyasa purvaha samskara sheshonyah so virama is cessation pratyaya is that notion or the thought abhyasa purvaha means practice previous practice or preceding thing samskara are the mental impressions and shesha means whatever is remaining and that is the other samadhi which is asampragnata samadhi so the asampragnata samadhi is preceded by cultivating the determination to terminate all thoughts so in order to attain the asampragnata samadhi it that thought or the idea or the last thought should be that i should eliminate all these thoughts we should have the determination to eliminate all these and terminate all the thoughts and in such a state only the latent impressions remain so people also equated to the state of nirbija samadhi it means that there is no further manifestation or uh, flowering or blossoming of the samskaras going to happen because everything has been burnt it is just going to be latent it is not going to be potent some impressions are there but nothing is going to happen because of these impressions and that state is called the state of asampragnata samadhi otherwise what happens <coughs> in sampragnata samadhi the latent impressions could be there and can play out at any point in time right so what happens one can even fall down from the state of loka but in asampragnata samadhi what happens is that even the the impressions are become completely latent without any possibility to flower or manifest later on in this final and ultimate state which is the supreme goal of yoga the mind is not supported by any active thought including even the object of meditation latent seeds or samskaras will not sprout into active thoughts or vrittis the vrittis of the mind exist as only potential and the samskaras prints the that trigger trigger the thoughts memories and karma are also latent right the vrittis are just there nothing much to do about that patanjali states in the sutra that the last thought or cognitive act immediately before asampragnata samadhi is the thought of terminating all the thoughts even that particular thought or awareness of the punas prakriti and all that 
and this thought is termed as virama pratyaya in this sutra that's that thought which we called right irama termination pratyaya or the notion so the idea of terminating all the thoughts that precedes this particular <coughs> state of samadhi asampragyata samadhi so we will stop here but we will do a simple uh, practice you can close your eyes and what you can do is uh, stretch your arms just move your arms and legs as if to stretch and relieve it of its tensions just move it up and down fold it and stretch it even your fingers you can move it <coughs> stretch and fold stretch and fold elbows you can just move and rotate your elbows let's <coughs> make these free flowing movements After you finished moving, you can sit in a comfortable state. You can close your eyes. and relax consciously the various parts of the body you can do a gentle ujjayi pranayama where inhalation is normal and when you exhale you can make a hissing sound through the throat like that closing the mouth and doing this sound you can do inhalation to the count of 4 and exhalation to the count of 
You can do it deeply and gently. You can relax, keep your eyes closed and experience the effect of the Ujjayi Pranayana. And visualize the completely desireless and goalless state. Nothing to do thing to gain. Everything has been experienced already. Just chilling. There is a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment such that there is nothing more to explore, want, need. Nothing from the past to think about. Nothing about the future to plan also. You're just there chilling out.
let there be a suspension of all past thoughts and future plannings. Just invoke gratitude for this present moment because everything has been achieved and obtained. ೂಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ You can gently move your arms and fingers and hands. You can rub your palms if needed. Place them gently on your eyes. Gently open your eyes. Thank you for joining today's uh, session. <laughs> 